Good morning, my friends. Good morning, good morning, and uh, officially welcome to Regen. If you're new here in the room or if you're just checking us out for the first time on uh, our live stream, uh, my name is Pastor Chris, pastor here uh, at, at, at Regen. Um, and over these past two, well, last week and this week, we are looking at the contemplative life. Uh, we're looking and exploring a framework to help us jump from that eternal current, remember? I mean, we talked about this last week, but eternity is, is eternity. It just, it just has no beginning and no end. The, there, there really is no alpha and omega because there's no beginning and no end. It's that always flowing river that Jesus called the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the heavens. Uh, let's pray and we'll pick back up this morning. Heavenly Father, Christ Jesus and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, as we gather this morning as your people, as we gather around our liturgy this morning, the service of our people, may we have new eyes with which to hear, to see, new ears with which to hear your voice and the voices of others, new hands and feet that, that, that march out into the world, the liturgy of the rest of our lives, and new hearts that align with the sacred heart of Christ. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, so last week in part one, this is part two of this mini two-week series. Um, by the way, uh, if you did miss last week, it's okay. You can still jump in today. But I'd really encourage you to go check out part one uh, in the podcast or on, on the Facebook live stream. It's easier just to go to the podcast. But that is in a, uh, we have what's called a link tree that you can get to from uh, our e-news from the website and from uh, things like Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, but last week we talked about St. Ignatius, right? And we talked about his journey and how he stumbled upon the contemplative life through um, a rather bizarre set of uh, circumstances. Again, if you want to hear that story, uh, go listen to last week. But that led us into St. Ignatius's um, looking into and reading of the Emmaus Road Disciples as recorded by Luke, right? where we talked about Cleopas and, and, and most likely his wife Mary. They were walking away from the holy city of Jerusalem in, in, in fear and in disillusionment and dread. And while they're walking along the road, yeah, Jesus comes up to them. The risen Christ comes up, says, hey, what are you guys talking about? And he tell, they continue to tell them about what happened to Jesus. And when he opens up the scriptures to them, and he has a great, beautiful road trip with them on the road. They get to the house. They ask him to stay. He breaks bread. They recognize it's actually Christ there in that room, the same Christ that broke the bread just a couple nights earlier in that upper room in Jerusalem. Thus, then they reflect on that experience from the road and say, we're not our hearts burning. Not our hearts not burning now, which they no doubt were, but we're not our hearts burning. And so then they run back to Jerusalem and tell their story. And so for this morning, I've got a couple of graphics I want to share that can hopefully illustrate further where we left off last, um, last week. Um, these can kind of show us on how reflecting on our life through the power of the Spirit can help us more fully in, engage into this eternal current. This, uh, basically, it's like, how do we take what we believe to be true up here in our heads and how can we let that transform our hearts? How can we embody that belief? And, and these next couple slides aren't um, even 
pointed towards a particular belief. It's just simply what are the things in life that we believe to be true, an ideology that we hold, and how then can we live into and lean into those beliefs? And so number one, um, by the way, these graphics are my really bad handwriting that I take a picture of on my phone, email to myself, and then put on the slides because I tried to do this in um, on like a graphic thing and it didn't work. So you get my handwriting today, but you can, you can read that, right? right? So the first idea is that if we believe something, we'll then live according to that belief, right? That it's just an automatic thing that happens. Um, and this is based in the reality that our beliefs do shape our actions, yeah? Yet it doesn't tell the entirety of the story. It's leaving out a couple uh, key components here because merely changing our beliefs doesn't always change our lives. Think about this. How often have you seen someone who lives differently than what they say they believe, right? Right? It doesn't necessarily change it, right? Because we're not brains on a stick. That's what James Smith says. We're not brains on a stick. We're not only people that think that there's more to who we are, right? We're lovers. We're feelers. We imagine. We dream. We're beings who live and love and do things. So then the next idea comes. Okay, same, it's the same graphic with the belief in the living, only now we've kind of said our beliefs then and living will intrinsically inform one another. And so I want you to think of animal instincts here, right? Like I believe something, then I live, but then something happens to me, so therefore my belief might change based on something that I've done, some action I've taken. Um, as Father Richard Rohr says, he goes, we don't think our way into new ways of living, rather we live our way into new ways of thinking. I like that. You know, it's a, it's a good way of flipping the script, and it does include this dynamic interplay between beliefs and living or beliefs and action, yet I think we're so much more capable than simply animal instincts um, as we've been created in the Imago Dei. And so thus the contemplative life is slide number three. Um, this is the idea that we believe something, so then we live into that belief. But then when we reflect upon that living, it can then lead us to a truly open heart towards that Greek word that, that we hear often over and over again from John the Baptist to Jesus, metanoia. Metanoia in the Greek meaning to repent, true repentance, which metanoia simply means to just change your mind. And when we change our mind, it means we might be changing and being open to changing what it is that we say is our belief. That can help us turn around. Thus, this graph in the contemplative life, nope, stay there. We're going to stay there for quite a while, actually. I'll let you know. Um, thus, this um, graph that's up there, this little chart, really is the regenerated life. That's really what our church is, is named after, is that regenerated life, is that we believe something, we live, we reflect, we believe, we live, and this is a journey that goes, you know, until the day that we are no longer on this side of eternity. So let's insert the disciples from last week, okay? So still leave this up here. Um, let's put the disciples from last week, the Emmaus Road, okay? Their belief was that Christ was dead and buried, yeah? This is what they were doing. They were, they were walking away. Uh, they, their belief was that Christ was dead and buried, he was gone from their lives, and that they thought, I'm assuming, and we're kinda, I'm kind of reading into this based on what they, um, you know, from the text, but it, it seemed like they would have thought the last three years of their life were a waste of time. That was their belief. 
So these two disillusioned, frightened, and sad, depressed people, their living becomes then to leave, okay? So they believe that Christ is dead, that it was a waste of time. Their living then was to walk away, was to say, forget this community, this community that left them so delusioned, and let's leave as quickly as possible and go back home. That's where they were going uh, back home to Emmaus. Now they're in this living phase of the chart, right? They're walking away from Jerusalem when they have an encounter with the risen Christ. Yet, in real time, they did not recognize that it was Christ. So therefore, their beliefs haven't changed yet. And so they continued, even after they met Christ. It wasn't like they met Christ and it wasn't that animal instinct of instantly now they went back to Jerusalem like, this is Jesus, right? So they still kept walking towards home. Then Christ stays in the bread. This is still in their living. They recognize him in that liturgy, that ritual. Again, it had only happened like a couple nights before that. So they really started to recognize maybe hearing these words in the same way that he said these things. Their eyes were opened. Then enter reflection. They contemplated that experience. They contemplated that road trip where Christ was opening up the scriptures to them, telling them about who the Messiah truly was. And they say, were not our hearts burning during that encounter? So what happens when they look back and reflect? They repent. They change their minds. Their beliefs then have been reformed or regenerated. No longer thinking Christ to be gone. No longer thinking the past three years are a waste of time. So their living changes now, right? So they're, they reflected. They believe differently now. Now their living has changed. Now we're back into the living. And they run back to Jerusalem as quickly as possible in the danger of the night to tell their story and join their community back again in that upper room. You see, when we stop and we look back, it can help us say, wow, that was an incredible experience. It can either be like, wow, that was incredible in a good way, or incredible like, wow, man, that was like a really bad mess up there. You know, like for instance, my kid came home from school and and was trying to share with me something that they have, but I was, I, was, I was so busy and I was so wrapped up in my own stuff that I didn't really give them the time of day. And now that I'm reflecting back on it, I noticed that they did kind of have like a sad face when they walked away, right? Or, or one of my friends or my coworkers or someone comes to me and needs my help and, 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 and I'm like, I'm too busy, I'm too busy and, 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 and maybe I'm not really too busy but I kind of tell that little white lie so I can kind of just relax a little bit and then all of a sudden when I'm reflecting back, I remember, wait a minute, their voice was kind of feeling a little bit down at that moment. Or it could have gone the other way too, right? Your kid came home and you're reflecting back on that and you actually, you know, um, you know, uh, listened to them and you, and you heard their stories and you saw a big smile on their face and you could tell that they were now connected with you, connected in the moment and to the spirit. You see, when we take the time to look back and reflect, to examine our lives, then we can more clearly see the moments where we are connected in the spirit, where we're connected with Christ and where we're not. And so here are the basic steps of the spiritual practice called the examine. Um, if you've been, uh, now you can go to the next one. Um, if you have been around Regen for the last number of years, we've utilized this practice at Ash Wednesday. Um, and a lot of the practices that we do after these sermons, the meditation type of things we do, also are really coming from this same basic 
five-step um, outline of what the exam is. Uh, this is the single most influential prayer that I've been introduced, uh, and really, like I said, the basis for a lot of the contemplative practices that we uh, engage in. The first one is simply inviting the Spirit's guidance. Think about it. Oftentimes, when we begin our prayer, it seems as if we're doing this, well, let me tell you, God, Right? That's kind of how we start. Like, you know, we, we it tend to, it, let me tell you I'm really mad at this, or I'm mad at this person, or even if it's the flip side, let me tell you why I'm so happy today. You know, we, 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 we intentionally then in this step begin by inviting the Spirit because we're asking for our existence, our lives, to be viewed through divine eyes, through the eyes of God. In this step, we're asking for the grace to handle the truth of who we truly are. Not just who we think we ought to be or who we think we are, but who we truly are. And we're admitting that this whole cosmic reality that we live in is in fact bigger than just me. That our living and reflection and change of mind, that can impact far more, has a ripple that goes further than only within ourselves, right? That these disciples, when they were on that Emmaus road, their actions, their living, their beliefs, their reflection affects the whole of divine reality. Number two, kind of in hand in hand, one and two kind of are, you know, joined together a lot in this, in this practice. Because again, we tend to begin with, let me tell you God, and we start with what's bothering us, or we start with who needs to change according to our wills and desires, right? Like, God, if, 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 if only Jim would would stop believing that, then my life would be, I mean, that's kind of where we tend to go. And all that does is put ourselves at the center of life. Really, when we do that, when we start that way, rather than God and the whole of creation, rather than the good of, of the collective. And so, in the contemplative life, we don't begin with necessarily what's, what's bad or what's bothering us, but we begin with what seems right or good knowing that even in our toughest of days, we still are having breath in our lungs, right? That that breath of Christ is still as close as the air that we breathe. Now, this is not to ignore the lament. Again, if you've been around Regen for a number of times, we, in the season of Lent, we go through a, a, a process of lament often. Um, there, there is time even in the examine for the lament in these next stages. It simply is just beginning from a new perspective, from a healthier perspective of possibly even being grateful for that breath in, in our lungs. Number three, now we get into the heart of, of this practice. Uh, we're reviewing uh, where we're at. Um, we reflect on our feelings, the emotions we experienced. Um, was I happy? Was I sad? Were, I, were we nervous, anxious, depressed, right? Now we're replaying our day or we're replaying our week or even if you do it as a yearly uh, practice. We're playing it like a movie backwards. Like where did I glimpse divine sparks of hope throughout this certain period of time, and where was I too busy to notice the breath of the Spirit? Think about this. Most of our awake time is spent in our heads, okay? We spend the majority of our awake time in our heads, and so that's why this step helps us to go then from head to heart and focus not just only on the mere facts or the belief or the doctrines or the teachings or whatever it is that is building up in our brains, but we're actually able to then, how is this forming us? How are these thoughts in our head and our brains forming us during this living? 
Number four, this is what I call the be still and know step. Um, you know, we've had our turn to talk, if you will, yeah? Um, we've had our time to look at our day or our thought through our human eyes. Now we listen for that still, small voice in the quiet of the moment. We, we, we be still and, and, and know, as the, as the psalmist writes. Um, allowing the divine eyes to more fully enter our contemplation. Um, in much of what we call prayer in our Western evangelical culture seems to be just dumping and running, right? Like, I want to dump my problems on God and run. I don't want to take, I don't want to take responsibility for those. I, it, I don't want to change my heart. I just simply want to tell you everything that's bad and that I don't like and I want to run. And so this step allows us to calm down. I choose to be calm. That's what we tell, I, I've been telling Isabel that this week. Um, I choose to be calm, yeah. I choose to slow down, to listen, to wait. We practice patience and waiting in this step. And then number five, looking forward in, in hope. Like, what did I learn today? Not just through the practice, but what did I learn in the day? What do I want to hold on to from this day? Or what do I need to let go of? from this day. Like maybe I keep walking and tripping over the same electrical cord day after day, every day, every single morning when I wake up. Maybe at this day, stage of the game, we say, I can look forward more and hope tomorrow by taking that cord out of my bedroom floor and figuring out another way to have that noisemaker run or something, right? It's that step like, what can I do differently tomorrow so I don't fall into the same trap again and again and again? Like, what do I do so I don't find myself in the same situation day after day? And so we're going to throw that Holy Ghost music on. As you can probably tell where we're going with this, we're going to practice. Um, we're going to, this was, this was again, this was a talking about not just going in our head, but going to our hearts, but it still was a lot of academic knowledge. And so we're going to, I'm going to lead you through the practice of, of the examine. St. Ignatius uh, had his disciples, his, his followers, uh, his, his students, uh, he had them do this at the monastery, so different lifestyles than we have, right? He had them do it at noon and before bed every day, reflecting on the morning, reflecting on the evening. Um, most people like myself tend to do this at, at night, uh, you know, one time during the day. Um, for the purposes of this morning, you can do it for yesterday. You could do this for the entire week that just was. That would kind of be a suggestion. Maybe this is an examine this morning based on the week that you had. Uh, I'm going to lead you through it. Just simply make yourself comfortable. You can do it with your eyes open or your eyes closed. With this music on, though, and uh, this beautifully calming voice, try to fight the temptation to fall asleep. Um, and I find it best with feet on the ground. Um, there's just something, again, about connecting ourselves to and not, you know, have our you know, legs crossed and dangling and, and shaking and stuff. If you've got a, a you know, one of your, uh, like a phone or a tablet, I'd encourage you to put it away for these next few minutes. Uh, if you've got a, a smartwatch that will buzz, even with your phone away, then I'd, you know, suggest maybe you mute it or take that off as, as well. Um, and I simply want you to, to notice your breath. As we say every week, you don't have to control it. You don't have to seek to control it unless that's something that you're really good at and that's something that helps you to be in the presence of the Spirit, but I want you to simply notice that the breath of the Holy is coursing in and out of your lungs at this very moment. Remember we talk about this, that, that, that Hebrew word ruach and the New Testament word, uh, the Greek word pneuma, spirit, wind and breath, they mean the same thing. So notice 
that the breath of Christ is coursing in and out of your lungs. Be present in this moment, and as you inhale, inhale all that's good, and exhale all that is distracting. Gracious God, we believe that we are in your presence and that you are loving us. Oh, Christ, we believe that at this very moment, that with whatever is going on in our lives, you are in our presence and you are loving us without condition, without restriction, and without limit. And so we choose this morning to allow your grace to open our minds and our emotions and our imaginations and our entire being to your love. Please speak, Lord, for your children are listening. Continue to breathe. Continue to be present in this moment. Continue to be present in the spirit of Christ. What are you grateful for? Who are the people that you love and who you know love you? Let their faces smile in front of you. And as you continue to breathe, breathe in their love. And as you exhale, with that very breath, the next exhale, choose to set aside any arguments or disagreements you might have. Simply spend a moment thanking God for the gift of life. That Christ has touched our lives. His faith that sustains us. Jesus who has never given up on us? What are the gifts and the talents God has blessed you with? What are you really good at? What are your talents? What are your natural abilities? Simply thank God for those. What are the virtues in your life that by the grace of God you feel the power of Christ moving in your life. Perhaps you're a good listener. Maybe you're patient. Maybe you're energetic. Thank God for those gifts. What are those gifts? Name those gifts specifically. And acknowledge that these blessings all come from the same divine source. Take about 30 seconds or so to speak to God about what you are grateful. Let's begin with the mornings during this past week, including this morning. When you typically woke, how did you feel about the day? Was it drudgery getting out of bed, or was it excitement? What have been the movements of your heart throughout the past few days? 
Have you been feeling a sense of peace or sadness, maybe anxiety or hope? What's been going on this week? What's surprised you lately in the past few days? What's delighted you? What's frustrated you? At any point, have you lost your temper? Have you become fearful or defensive? Is there something that's happened with a family member or, or a close friend that particularly delighted you? Have you felt lonely the past few days, afraid, anxious? Remember your past few days and remember what you felt. you to find one of those positive feelings. Perhaps there was one that stood out the strongest for you. Just one thing. Something you felt inside that you want to grow. Remember what that felt like, even if it were only a few moments in the course of a day. Maybe someone smiled at you. Maybe someone said something. Maybe you got a phone call or you accomplished a task or perhaps you heard something in God's word this week. Just talk to Christ about it as one friend to another. Just spend a moment talking to him in the quiet of your heart about that positive or good feeling. Now we be still. Still your heart. Just be in the presence of Christ. Just listen. Maybe, maybe he does something. Maybe he says something. Maybe he doesn't. There's no right or wrong here. This is simply your time with God. But simply be still and wait. Now I want you to bring a negative feeling from the week. Something you want to let go of. Acknowledge it was there. Maybe you pushed it to the side, but there it is. Recognize it, engage it, bring it before the Lord. Just talk to him about why you feel the way you feel. 
Maybe you're ashamed by that feeling. Maybe you don't want to feel that feeling, but there it is. Just bring it before Christ. Behold Christ beholding you, listening, and receiving your sorrow or your fear. For Christ listens in love. Now listen, be still and know that I am God, the psalmist writes. Maybe he says something, maybe he doesn't, it's okay. Or maybe he's simply touching your shoulder. Just engage your imagination. What is Jesus, who is infinite love, doing in response to what you've just shared? Let him surprise you. Take a moment and be still. Now we look forward in hope. Let's think about the future. He'll be back at it again in a few moments. We can't stay here forever. As you face what's to come, is there anything you want to hold on to from the past few days or something you've noticed from your reflecting? Something you want to be especially conscious of as you move forward? What has life taught you? What has the Spirit taught you? What is Christ teaching you? What do you need more of? What do you need less of? What do you need to avoid? Ask Jesus for that grace right now. Ask Jesus for the grace to face tomorrow with hope, with greater love and less fear. What gift, what virtue are you especially praying for that can help you be a better mirror of Christ to the world. Ask him for that gift right now. Now may God who dwells within us be forever free to reach out to God who dwells among us, that together we might approach God who dwells beyond us, among us and within us, and so may our God bless us always, who we name Father, Son, and Spirit, and in whose name we pray, our Father who art in the heavens, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Just a couple notes on the practice we just uh, did. Uh, first off, if I wouldn't, those were 30-second breaks in between. It might not have been long enough for some of you. Some of you might have felt like tortured eternity. I don't know. Um, but I would, I would recommend experimenting with that possibly, you know, longer or shorter depending on, on, on what you can handle. The second thing is um, if there were any uh, things that came up during that, that, that um, you know, that, that, you, that you need to work on, that you need to deal with, please speak to someone. Come talk to me or, or in a spiritual capacity or possibly a therapist. Remember, you can have, we can have Jesus and the therapist too, that, you know. We can, we can work on, on, on these things. I just don't want, sometimes things get brought up in reflections and contemplations like this and then they just stay there. Um, one of the best parts about the exam and then is I think being able to then take that and maybe talk to someone about it and be able to really, you know, kind of start to work through that in community.